Welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, Managing Partner, CEO of Cordell and Cordell. We continue each week, twice each week, to bring you information for guys before, during, and after divorce and all things related to family law. We encourage you to tune in to our YouTube channel where there's a, a lot of information just like this and also subscribe to these podcasts. You'll be alerted every time we drop one and we'll do that twice every week as well as you want to check out on the YouTube channel our virtual town hall that we have every single month where you can look for the one coming up in May. Now you want to go ahead and log in. You got to register first. Log on, log in, ask questions live of the panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys, and you'll get answers right then and right there on a topic of anything that you have a question on. But every month we bring a topic to you, spend an hour together, and we uh, answer your questions related to family law. And today's no different. We're going to talk a little bit about bad facts, which is a unique topic we haven't addressed in the last 18 months that we've been doing this. And it's something that we address and we face every single day. But keep in mind, Obviously, this can't replace an initial consultation. No attorney-client relationship is established. And obviously, we can't give you legal advice because just like you, you're around the country, including we have offices in the UK. We have listeners listening from states that we're not licensed in. And so we want to make sure you can schedule that consultation. You can reach us at 866-DADS-LAW. Go to the web at cordellcordell.com. And you can schedule a consultation near you. And that's the best way to get the advice. But make sure you find an attorney who practices exclusively in family law like we do. So joining me is Kellen from Chattanooga. Welcome. Thank you, Scott. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining. So bad facts, you know, it's something I actually talk about quite often in that um, uh, most of the time guys come in and uh, sometimes one of the mistakes they make is not sharing because they're afraid it's a sensitive topic. They have some bad facts that they're embarrassed by. But the point is, is that I've always said, I've been doing this for 28 years. Uh, I've seen it all. Uh, there isn't a, usually a bad fact that I can't handle and deal with, you know, absent child abuse, which, you know, that's the rare exception. So let's, what do we mean particularly when we say bad facts? What is, what are guys, you know, what are they looking for here? Sure thing. And, and Scott, one of the things I like to tell my clients is we're all human. Everyone who comes to these doors, everyone who practices law, we're all humans and we all make mistakes. We all maybe make decisions in the heat of the moment. And if we look back, maybe those weren't the best decisions. And when we talk about bad facts, that's part of what we're talking about. Right, this idea that maybe something happened during the marriage that you're not proud of, or maybe something has happened since the parties have split or gotten a divorce, if it's a custody matter. And it can involve anything that I like to say you wouldn't want your grandmother to really hear about, right? So the reason we talk about bad facts is because, as you know, as every attorney that does this job knows, uh, sorry, it's storming here. You might have heard that thunder. Um, makes it ominous, but I promise this isn't an ominous uh, issue in our job, is our cases are so fact-dependent. Really, every case turns on its own set of facts. So whether they're good facts or bad facts, the attorney needs to know all of them. Now, Scott, you mentioned, you know, sometimes they may come in, a client may come in to a consult, a guy wants to come in and maybe doesn't want to share everything, right? They're talking to a complete stranger. One thing I want to make sure every client knows is that when you talk to us, you are talking to us with attorney-client privilege, and what you tell us, we're not allowed to tell other people unless you give us permission to do so. Now, there are very few exceptions, such as if a life is in danger, but that is very rare. It's, it's very uncommon. I used to do 
criminal law, you might see it more there, not so much here. But I say that to clients and I tell every client that I consult with to say, you can be open with me. You can tell us everything because it is secure with us. It's not going anywhere. In fact, that's one of the strongest rules an attorney has is that attorney-client privilege. Yeah, it's so key. I, it, you know, we want to get ahead of it. You know, if you if guys have ever listened to our 10 Stupidest Mistakes, read the book, been to a seminar, you know, one of them is filing first, and that is if you've got bad facts, particularly, whether it be drug abuse, alcohol, infidelity, whatever it is, look, we want to get ahead of it. And, you know, you want to explain your side of the story. And Believe it or not, judges who are on the bench who've been doing this for any period of time have heard and seen it all, and oftentimes it repeats. And it's not so shocking to them as it is to you and embarrassing. And as long as it's presented in a manner that, you know, we can kind of get around it. And I think as you point out, Helen, the attorney-client privilege is key because we, we want them to be open, honest, and direct you know, I've said in um, my seminars that the relationship between attorney and client is very different and it shouldn't be between doctor patient. You know, I'm going to go to my doctor and I'm going to tell him that I've got this, you know, pain on the side of my nose when I'm really talking about my leg just because I want to tell him everything so that I can get healed. I mean, it's just a unique relationship, but that's why it's so important, right, that we, we they understand that what they're talking about is privileged. Absolutely. We can do our job best, just like a doctor, if we have all the facts. And, and, and you raise a great point, Scott, which is how do we present these facts to the court? If we know about them beforehand, no matter what they are, it always will give us an advantage to be able to present that problem, those bad facts, if you will, to the court in a way that serves our client, right? As you mentioned, judges have seen it all, and so have we as attorneys. It, it, we have seen almost every bad fact under the sun, and it would be hard to shock many attorneys who've done this job for more than a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So it allows us to prepare your case and argue for the, the result you want as a client better than it, it would be to hold it back. Because if you yeah. hold it back, all you're doing is hurting yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, we all have stories. I, I talk about the you know a number of these stories where um, where clients just aren't very forthcoming, um, and here we are in a trial or in a deposition, and out comes some crazy story of bad facts, and it's the first time I've heard it, and I've told this story, and I'm sure you have some. I'm really curious what your stories are because they, you know, I say this: judges are derailed by emotion, and when something comes out that it's clear it's a surprise to your own attorney, the judge isn't going to like you very much no matter what the law is. So kind of what, what stories do you have that guys can share in and kind of say, hey, I've been there? Absolutely. Look, the reality is um, a lot of gentlemen come to us and they, they have the bad facts in their lives. One specifically I'm thinking of, there was some drug abuse problems. Now, there had been an allegation of, of, of drug abuse, of substance abuse, and I had asked this client, you know, hey, is there any truth to this? We need to know. We need to prepare. Let me know. And, and I'm, nope, nope, there's no issues. The client tells me there's no issues. Okay. So we go to the hearing where during examination, it's revealed that there was very recent drug use. First time I'm hearing it. First time the judge is hearing it. And I had no time to prepare. Um, if I could have prepared, I might have had him enroll in substance abuse treatment 
or we might've taken a more recent drug test to show what was in the system, what maybe wasn't in the system. But without that foreknowledge that I couldn't do any preparation and it puts the attorney in a difficult position to start trying to deal with it right then and there, which all that does once again is, is hurt a client's case. Um, yeah benefit to hiding these facts it is I, I that's the point of you know when i related to being a doctor i mean uh, you tell the doctor everything because there's one goal in mind and that is to be healed to be cured to be treated and we don't hold back and that's what i've always told clients look give it to me what you think is irrelevant may be relevant and i can use to your advantage and i you know we have the negative stories we all do where clients like you just said they don't give you something and and out comes a bad income mine have always been you know it's a surprise and now all of a sudden the judge doesn't like my client and the judge's influence and the judge is basically saying i don't care what you do take me up on appeal and if i get reversed so be it but you got to spend another 20 grand and so but, there, but there's positives right um that come from clients being forthcoming that result in a really good outcome right Absolutely. I, I had a case where a gentleman had been using social media and he went for lack of a better term viral. And if maybe we have some viewers who are older and don't know what viral means, it simply means you became very popular online. And a lot of people viewed it in a short amount of time. So months before our final hearing calls me up, he tells me, Hey, Kellen, I went viral. I went and reviewed the social media material and I was able to prepare so effectively for this social media posts that by the time we got to the final hearing, our argument was ironclad, buttoned down so much that the opposing counsel didn't even contest. They gave up. If that had come out at trial and I heard it for the first time, there would have been absolutely no preparation done. I couldn't have presented it to the court in a better way. And I think the judge would have taken a very negative approach if he saw that for the first time, like we did now with my prep and with our prep and working with the client, got a great result. And those social media posts didn't affect his parenting time at all. I mean, it goes to, I was thinking of a case where, you know, I always say to the client, what is the absolute worst thing that your wife, your spouse, your, your significant other is going to say about you and use against you. And I had a client who was exchanging photos and videos with uh, someone he was trying to engage in, a, you know, an extramarital affair. And it turned out when I asked him, he finally said, yes, and let me, here's what I have. Here's the emails, here's the photos, here's the videos, but she's doing the same thing. So now we've got her photos and her videos and we just offset it. We, we actually brought it out to the judge first we said, look, judge, or to the client, you know, he got on the stand. He goes, yeah, I've been engaging and so is she. And here's our photos. And you know what? It is what it is. Our marriage was over before we began, rather than them introducing just his photos and us never knowing. I mean, it's, it's a great example of being truthful and something that's so sensitive and embarrassing because now I've seen the photos, I've seen the videos, but we used them to his advantage. Absolutely. hundred percent. It, it allows preparation, not just on our side, but as you mentioned, to, to counter, right? And, and sometimes a, a client may not understand that a fact that they may see as bad maybe isn't so bad, or there may be something reciprocated by the other party on the other side that negates it, like you said, almost like two wrongs cancel each other out in the eyes of the court. Yeah. Um, and that is a very powerful te technique that attorneys can use, but we can't do it if we don't know about it. 
I mean, what they think is unimportant is important. It's the smaller details, everything. And when we had that consultation, that's why it's so important. Utilize that hour or whatever it is you want to spend and just let it all fly. And, and again, uh, it's like doctors. I mean, we'll describe some problems in intimate parts and no one's embarrassed because that's what's expected. And I think if they viewed their attorney in the same manner, because it all begins with trust. And so I say, when you're looking for an attorney, you want to look for an attorney like you're looking for a doctor, someone who's got your life, uh, everything you've worked hard for, your kids, your money, your property in their interest. And you trust them because trust then reciprocates into getting the information right. Absolutely. The number one thing I tell every client is they should trust me. They should trust their attorney. That that attorney's only interest is their interest. So whether that involves sensitive, embarrassing, uh, bad facts, as it were, it doesn't matter. You trust that that person is going to support you to defend those, whatever it may be. And you're right, Scott. You're, you should trust your attorney because this case can affect so much, it can affect your money, your property, your children, and your life going forward for 10, 12, 14, or however many years your children before they turn 18. And, and that's a very big thing. And you want to trust the person that's fighting for you to do that. Yeah. Well, Kellen, that's an excellent topic and great advice for any guy listening. Hey, you're going to schedule a consultation. It's time to just, it's like a confessional. If you, many people are familiar with that, it is what it is. That's why there's a privilege attached. And that's why what's said in that room stays in that room. And uh, it's important. And that's why they did it. So you can be direct, honest, and uh, uh, forthright. So Kellen, thanks for joining today. Hey, it's an absolute pleasure, Scott. Thanks for having me. Well, great information in today's podcast, just like everyone we've done before. Check it out. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's plenty of information of all our podcasts and make sure to subscribe to our podcast. You're going to get updated every two weeks or every week with twice each week, you're going to get a podcast, uh, just a 10, 15 minute snippet of information, but also look for that uh, virtual town hall coming up in May. We want you to join, but you got to register and then you got to log on and you can ask all the questions you want. You're going to get answers from information just like this. So check Check us out at CordellCordell.com. Give us a call, 866-DANCE-LAW. So until next time, have a great week.